0: Life moves pretty fast, so let's get this episode started. Hello and welcome to the Amped About Movies podcast. Today we'll be discussing the 1986 film Ferris Bueller's Day Off, written and directed by John Hughes and starring Matthew Broderick, Alan Ruck, Mia Sara, and Jeffrey Jones. And I am David, and today I have with me Chad Goss, hey, Andrew everyone. Sticker, <laughs> Hunter Saturn, hey. and Colin Spatos. Yeah, we got the whole crew let's go oh yeah dude
1: (laughs) so there's actually a funny story behind how this song was made oh really Um, yeah yeah the guy the um the two dudes there there was a video posted by i think it was vox um a couple weeks ago and it was just the guys that made this song um knew that i believe they knew that John hughes wanted the song for the movie and they just went into the booth and one of the guys was just saying oh yeah like trying to <laughs> think of what's this feeling this amazing feeling when you have everything that you want right and he's just mm-hmm. like oh yeah and then they just remixed off of that that was just it <laughs> uh, i hope great I told story. That correctly, if this is included I hope I told that story correctly or else we're gonna give I would be, probably be multiple times for me giving information <laughs> of things that I think about on a, on a library.
0: It's okay. It's okay. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, if but you're then... wrong, our three people are probably going to come after you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> We might like, lose two
2: whole, at least one subscriber. Hate letters from all six of our viewers.
0: Yeah, I, that would be insane. They would get really pissed. Um, okay, so let's go around and give our first impressions of this film. Let's start with Colin, as always.
2: Thank you. I think at this point it's tradition, so... I love this is the way we do it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I love Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, I think the best compliment I ever got was when we were in college. Maddie Ice from Vermont. um, He described me as Ferris once, and I was like,
3: that's the greatest compliment
2: in my life. Uh, I love the movie. Um, I think I saw, I I forget exactly where I read it from, but it's like the, the movie is essentially like a escapism as a movie Mm -hmm. if you think about it it's like leaving all your worries and you know going to chicago and driving a ferrari and all that amazing stuff and i think it's it holds true and i think you can also have a deeper meaning in it you know kind of having um the importance of having a friend kind of like show the importance of not necessarily a single day in your life but like getting away and treating yourself kind of like how ferris does to cameron and stuff Mm -hmm. um yeah, it's also a love letter Chicago. Um, yeah. Now that I, you know, been in Chicago and stuff, and kind of, you know, Yeva's family's from there, so I stayed uptown for a little bit and went to all the the spots and uh, went to the museum and did the pose and stuff. It's, I mean, I, I, yeah. I feel like I'm more appreciative of it now. But uh, yeah, I love the movie. I love the vibe. I think it's just a feel good John Hughes movie and. Um, I don't know. I feel like if you're ever down, you can just watch it and you get a smile on your face.
0: Yeah. Awesome, cool. What did you think, Chad?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I just thought it was such a blast. Like, I, I really enjoyed the, the way that we switched up the pacing on some of these movies and go from some really heavy hitters to just some really fun stuff. Um, and uh, I mean, it's a, there's, it's a classic for a reason. You know, it's got everything that you could ever really want from a feel good, happy, enjoyable movie um and i will say this is the first film that we've watched for the podcast that my fiance has watched with me so i thought that was a you know a big win for for me so um, <laughs> oh you didn't me. want to
2: start with uh lighthouse
4: i did not you know did not not start her out with any of those but uh, she watched this one with me so i, I thought think, that was that was great
1: i think jacqueline needs to broaden her horizons
4: I think I'm going to do that inches instead of miles. Um yeah, let's, I hear let's that. jump little bits at a time instead of going for for White House Parasite and um god, you know, Spotlight. Let's let's we'll do some fun stuff to get her get her going.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah, I hear that. I feel the same way. Like this is when I can feel comfortable recommending to anyone to right. watch ahead of time and listen to the podcast like for sure.
4: Yep. Yeah, I love this is everybody movie. So I think anybody can like this movie. Everybody can find someone really, to. Just really funny, really enjoyable. You know, really, really like this speed of movie.
3: Hmm.
0: Yeah. What about you, Hunter? What did you think?
1: Uh, I loved it. This is my bona fide favorite movie of all time. Uh, I uh, probably watched this back in high school. I want to say I watched this movie at least once every two months. Um. at at least i was probably i i want to say on average once a month but i feel like that's a lot Uh, i (laughs) love this movie so much Uh, um i consistently wanted to be ferris bueller and i never could i was more like cameron i totally am a rule follower and am someone that uh plays by the rules instead of breaks a lot of them and so as a kid and still even now i I think Ferris Bueller is like the coolest person in the world, and I would love to love to be him. But I love this movie for so many reasons, for uh, what you guys talked about with it just being so much fun and enjoyable. Um, I was watching the movie by myself, and I would just consistently sort of spit lines back at the TV. And <laughs> I thought they were just they're they're just so it's just such fun dialogue. The the dialogue between Ferris and Cameron is great. Um, between Edward Rooney and Grace is hilarious. Grace, the receptionist at, at the at the or the the secretary at the school, hilarious. All those little moments. Um, and this is just such a fun movie with, as well, a deeper meaning. If you want to dive deeper and look into Cameron, and that you can pull back the layers and get some stuff out of. Um, yeah. But it's just probably for me the f- most fun um, I've ever had watching a movie when I first saw this, and I still
0: have fun to this day. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely dive into some of those deeper things in a minute here. Uh, what about you, Beard? What did you think of this movie?
1: Yeah, I mean, what more is, the, what more is there to say about Ferris Bueller's Day Off? I mean,
0: Come on, Beard. Has, have you ever Don't met you anybody? Who,
1: well, okay. <laughs> I, I, I say that, yet I do have things to say about it. <laughs> that, that was not a literal statement. Um, Good. No, okay, but, but seriously, has anybody ever met somebody who doesn't like this movie? <laughs> like has anybody just been like, oh yeah, Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Like that movie was terrible. Like it's a movie was Like you never, you never see that. Like everybody likes this movie. It's universally loved. Um, it's it's really funny. It's uh, it's got rewatchability, as Hunter pointed out. Um, and it, it really doesn't try to do too much. It's very uh, laid back. It's very fun, and um, it, it's just easy to watch. Um, I also noticed the second time I watched it that it, it definitely aged a lot better than some other John Hughes movies.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I think I watched 16 Candles once, or at least like half of it. Um, And man, there were some like really cringy, um, (laughs) offensive (laughs) racial stereotypes. Um, So thankfully that was not present in this movie. Um, That's probably another reason why it's a little more enduring than uh, some of the other John Hughes movies. Yeah. Um, But yeah, hilarious as always.
3: Great movie.
0: Yeah. So just for those who haven't seen this movie, if you somehow haven't seen this movie, here's a short plot synopsis. <laughs> High school student Ferris Bueller wants a day off from school, and he's developed an incredibly sophisticated plan to pull it off. He talks his friend Cameron into taking his father's prized Ferrari and with his girlfriend Sloan head into Chicago for the day. While they're taking in what the city has to offer, school principal Ed Rooney is convinced that Ferris is not for the first time playing hooky for the day and is hell bent to catch him. Uh, Ferris has anticipated that, much to Rooney's chagrin. So yeah, I I will just input my my opinion of this movie. It jumped from somewhere in the realm of, oh yeah, that's what that's a good movie. I would always be down to watch that too. Yeah, it's right up there with my favorite movies of all time. Um I honestly I, I love that the plot is so shallow yet so perfect. I don't know. It's 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 like a very simple plot. Like Ferris just doesn't want to go to school. He figures a way out of it. And then you just get to ride the ride with him. Um, and, exactly. his, and his friends. Mm-hmm. And then you watch everyone else struggling to keep up with someone who doesn't play by the rules. And I love it. Cause it's just, it's just so fun. Um, so simple. And yet it makes you kind of aspire towards something higher. Like what if, what would happen if I stopped playing by the rules? You know, what rules can I stop playing with? You know, um, So those are things that kind of I was left with following the watching of this film.
3: Yeah,
1: it made me want to go back to high school and skip a day. It totally made me want to go back back to high school and just cut class and 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 try this
0: out. I mean, that's kind of like the point, though. You don't have to go back to high school to do this. Right. I think that's the beauty of it. Like you could just call in sick to work tomorrow, you know? and just be like yeah let's be um, clear sick. like i don't
1: want to go back to high school yeah no i, I, <laughs> I, I don't
0: I ever go back to i high don't want to I, I would love to yeah i would love to be clear
1: on that as well uh, i actually i um when i was in college i went to i missed a few days and i saw bon jovi in concert in charlotte and i actually recorded um ferris bueller's monologue his whole thing with like him <laughs> the the windshield and everything uh, not the wind uh the the blinds and everything from that moment to the shower. I recorded all that in my hotel room with my mom. We were like planning all the shots and stuff. So I have I, I redid the monologue in um in college, and it was one of the cool. It was terrible looking back at it, but like <laughs> being there is one of the
4: coolest
2: things ever. Did you do um, the mohawk? Uh, yes, yes, okay, I did. You gotta do the oh, I got, that's, that's perfect. At the time, Hunter, like... I
4: don't know if I believe you that this is your one of your favorite movies. <laughs> <laughs> What's your opinion on isms?
1: Uh, I don't believe any person should uh should be an ism. It's
2: true. It's good. That's the actually the best answer. Um, yeah, right so on. that's it's Yes, my girlfriend's uh, favorite movie of all time as well, um, and it's funny. I think in high school she had to do a a book report essentially on it. Um, so she. <laughs> we watched can you it recite the this
0: can you recite the book report <laughs> yeah
2: I, I'll, I'll have her sent over the pdf of it yeah please but essentially she like into the fact that it's not ferris's day off it's actually cameron's day off yep and it's obviously a bigger impact on him because ferris doesn't really change that the movie he's mm-hmm. like i'm Ferris. i do what i want i break the rules it doesn't really matter it's a day for me but cameron he went from a little you know uh little snail like inside his cocoon um, and pushing the boundaries and eventually it culminates into like the museum scene and he's looking at the pointillism painting and he zooms in and he says if it's essentially if you you only look at the individual dots you don't get the big picture of it so before he was playing by the rules you know making sure all these ducks were in a row and really cared about a single thing but unless you step back and really, like, account for everything, um, you don't get to see the full picture. So Ferris kind of helped him to do that and get out of his shell. Hmm. I, I think that's kind of funny, though, because we definitely talk about
1: how Ferris set up this day for Cameron, or, you know, it was Ferris's day life, but it was really Cameron's. Um, except when I watched it, I was like, Man, this is like really not Cameron's day off, like in a joking sense, because I'm like, oh, Ferris is just like hanging around with his girlfriend and he just brought Cameron, who's third wheeling.
2: You're third wheeling and <laughs> you steal your like,
1: yeah. in, like million dollar car. <laughs> yeah. And he's
2: like, Ferris like totally treats
1: him like shit like the whole day until he's like, oh. like, wakes up and he was like, oh, yeah, I guess I'm just being a stick in the mud. <laughs> so I just thought that was kind of
3: funny.
2: He's like, oh, they won't believe the fact that we drive your, like, you know, Crappy car. Like, let's take your dad's Ferrari. <laughs> like, no, he, he loves the Ferrari more than he loves me.
1: <laughs> and I also love that he put up like no fights, but he's like, no, d- please please don't take my Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> Get your Cadillac or a stretch limo. And he said no to both of those. Both of those would have been fine for, for a parent to drive. The, the <laughs> Cadillac would have been perfect. He could have said yes to that and um we wouldn't have had such a good movie then. Yeah. Also wait, I wanna I want to call attention to the fact that Hunter, are you wearing a Save Ferris shirt? Yes, I am. <laughs> okay, Wednesday. I just think to notice that right now. I was like,
3: oh
0: <laughs> yeah, I do think it's really interesting that Ferris is somehow able to push like farther than anyone else, but it never really comes back to bite him. You know? Um like he he's able to push Cameron into letting them take the Ferrari. Um he's able to push uh, Rooney into letting uh, sloan out of school but he at the end he he almost gets caught but he gets saved and nothing ends up happening to him you know the trophy somehow actually convinces his mom even though she looks again um you know everything works out perfectly for him and it's cameron who ends up getting you know the really big i guess punishment for what he's done all day because his, the the ferrari just gets totaled right yeah. I just think it's interesting that Ferris is able to just really perfectly get away with everything. It's it's almost unreal.
4: I think it's crazy that Ferris gets away with everything. And almost every other character, like major character in the movie is objectively worse at the end of the day than when they first started. Like his sister gets the speeding tickets and gets sent it gets picked up by the cops for a phony like phone call. Like obviously like Cameron the the car is destroyed. His mom doesn't close the deal with the Vermont people. The principal gets his absolute Ass kicked. Like almost all of these people are having objectively terrible days, and he's out there like, "I'm having the best day of my life, guys, and I'm doing this all for Cameron." To
1: be fair, though, Ferris offered to take the fall on the Ferrari for Mm -hmm. Cameron, but Cameron said, "Oh no, no, I'll do it. Like I need to do this myself." But that's a great point,
0: Chad. I mean, even that. Even at the same time, though, Ferris created this aura of his cult of personality that really genuinely probably improved everyone's mood in the town for the most part. Um, yeah. Like his, his sister ended up kind of seeing the light and recognizing that she can break the rules too. Uh, right. You know, because she was in prison with a drug addict, um, which was awesome to see Charlie Sheen in this movie. Charlie <laughs> Jean,
2: shut up my that boy. was a great
1: cameo.
0: <laughs> yeah. Apparently he didn't sleep for 48 hours prior yep. to shooting that. To pull off the Wait, drug addict.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's why his goodness. eyes are so like,
3: red. Like, Charlie, you there's some
2: other ways you can look tired. He's like, no, oh, <laughs> I'm just going to stay up two days. Yeah. He also just could have been himself.
1: <laughs> it was yeah. just the same thing.
0: <laughs> True. Yeah, and I love the that there's, like, Save Ferris is on the radio. It's on mm-hmm. It's on the water tower. I, I feel like I saw it on a plane on flying video. by. Yeah. Like, it's just everywhere. People are collecting change in the hallway. Um, everyone's feeling bad for him, yet they feel this common uh, presence of, we got us, We can come together as a town to save Ferris. Even the police officers wish his mother well, um, which probably in the long run might help her make sales um, as a real estate <laughs> agent. I don't know. What, <laughs> what a great well, thing.
2: That's, that's a story.
4: <laughs> that's a, that's my, a... my son yeah. is dying. Are Please you... buy this home. <laughs> I need the commission.
2: <laughs>
4: he needs another also, kidney.
1: Yeah, see, I love the kidney thing because, like, they were collecting change, like, in a can. And he's like, Yeah, man, it's five G's for a new kidney. And he's no like, thing. Collecting dimes. Like, as a yeah, yeah, difference. So,
0: I just love all the flowers that keep showing up. Like, by the time it's the end of the movie, <laughs> they can't. walk in and there's like <laughs> so many flowers inside. And the parents don't question it. Yeah. <laughs> like one this is the, not the first time this has happened one of the things um
1: there's a few things that i love about this movie one of them is the use of uh, 80s pop culture um you get to see whether it's technology whether it's pop culture references they are all in the movie and i thought all of it has um aged really well with using the computer and you could see that he's using the, uh, he has, a, I believe it's a flop, he has the floppy disc and he puts the floppy disc into the piano to make the sound and he references Alien and um, you see him using the cell phone at the pool. And I just thought um, that that's just a little on the tangent of just something that I think is so cool is how well aged the technology is where you don't look at it and say, holy moly, these people are dinosaurs using this. Like it works. Yeah it works yeah. and I, I don't think a lot of movies get that right uh, after being out for almost 40 years
0: yeah can we acknowledge the fact that he is able to hack into the school's mainframe <laughs> yeah <laughs> from yes, his home computer I was thinking that too. <laughs> like at the I time you'd probably fair, would be like whatever but it's it's completely impossible i mean i don't think that you could actually do that
1: sounds like they need an it auditor
0: dude yeah. dad, let's go yeah. we, we'll, we'll
4: bust them up we can, we can call them <laughs> up i wonder what their password settings are they can't be up to up to standard
0: dude, their password settings must be like nothing they must have a space bar that's it i don't know so um, uh, uh i was quickly gonna
1: say the other thing i love is um i think easily in a movie where you have somebody that's escaping from something or someone else you're constantly thinking about the person they're escaping from Uh, In this case, it's Edward Rooney or um, or his sister trying to find him. But I thought that John Hughes did a fantastic job at when it wasn't focused on Ed Rooney. We totally forgot about him Mm -hmm. and totally putting us in the place of having fun. And then when the shot came back to Ed Rooney, you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. He's he's looking for him or um, with the sister Jeannie. You're like, oh, yeah, that's right. She's looking for him, too. Um, But you kind of forgot about them during the movie, and I think that this could have been easily kind of screwed up where it just wouldn't have flowed. Right. Moving from all these separate pieces and all these characters that you have to also worry about and keep top of mind that I thought John Hughes did a fantastic job at keeping the flow fantastic, switching shots, um, switching between... Cameron, uh, uh, Cameron, and the gang at the baseball game, and then Ed Rooney at the arcade, and then <laughs> connecting that with the uh, with the TV. But he, he a fantastic. Your ass job. is mine.
2: I was gonna say that's uh, <laughs> such a good scene. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, I, I think he does a great job in like building tension in that way, but it never pays off to anything. So you can just still kind of enjoy <laughs> Ferris's job, laugh at Rooney being an idiot. Mm-hmm.
0: But
4: yeah, Hunter, that's that's a great point. Yeah, and um, I I additionally love that scene. And I thought throughout the film, the way that they use the camera to tell the story, a lot of times I thought was just really impressive. Like for a movie that like seemed more like just fun and kind of goofy and silly at some places, like it seemed like they were really intentional with their camera work a lot of times. Like um, that scene at the arcade where they have baseball game on the tv and then you can see rooney and like not looking at it and then he as soon as he like would look at it then it cuts away um similarly <laughs> when we were talking about the um when cameron's with the painting and it's bouncing back and forth and getting closer and closer and closer like, um and just there were a, a ton of like the cuts back and forth like hunter you were just talking about where you would go from um certain scenes where it's really fun and really whimsical and then all of a sudden everything would switch like the the music the camera angle everything would come back and it's like very realistic like you would cut from like here's a picture of a house to like oh now ferris is on a parade float like singing and the entire city of chicago is there like singing along with them i thought it was like the way that like they interacted like the way that the camera and the shots interacted and kind of additionally told the story of like this is really fun and whimsical and escapism this is very standard and boring and like this is what real life looks like I I really thought that was fun as they were going through it, just the way that they kind of told that story visually, as well as with the script and the story and the acting and the music and the rest of it.
2: Right. You know, one thing that I, sorry, go ahead. I was going to, I was going to say like, um, the movie's so good that you forget that it's like a, uh, like a normal teen movie, you know, like almost like all the other John Hughes movies. It's, uh, movie that's based on like teen and high school drama essentially and or in this case comedy but it's it's executed in such a way that's so good that it elevates it above just like a you know Mm -hmm. any other teen movie marketed toward those people um so i think i i don't know i think it's fantastic i think chad you're totally right in what you're saying about um like the camera work the way it balances like the comedy and, and then like lighter tones back to like (laughs) the rest of the characters back on earth essentially Um, yeah
0: i love how sometimes the camera is like you know it's breaking the fourth wall the character usually ferris is talking directly to the audience whereas other times you are the audience and you're like seeing through their head like you're seeing their point of view and then you even hear their thoughts sometimes i love when you hear the character's thoughts It, it, it like completely breaks the reality of the situation um but it's still adds to this adds to the
3: comedy.
1: Mhm. Mhm. That's something that I thought they did really well was the fourth wall breaking. Um both when it when when Ferris was talking and then the subtle times for example when they were in the taxi and uh it's Ferris and getting the taxi and then his dad's obviously in the taxi next to him and he's talking and he glances at the camera which act, that's like the cardinal sin of most mm-hmm. acting is you never look at the camera because that automatically breaks the fourth wall but he does a quick glance and then he goes back to his conversation. And I thought that it always felt natural and never felt like it was taking away from the movie when they're at leaving the restaurant for lunch and his father's talking, then the camera pans up to Ferris and then Ferris automatically goes to breaking the fourth wall and then turns around and they all do the snap to get out of there. None of it feels disjointed. Um, (laughs) It just all feels super, super natural.
2: Yeah we should uh, we should talk about different fan theories about ferris is is ferris made up is he uh cameron's <laughs> imagination is ferris bueller god we should we should break this down
4: <laughs> well
0: before we do that i really wanted to talk about um something that is kind of not completely off the charts crazy but <laughs> um so so hunter uh and i took entrepreneurship classes back in college and one of the chief uh themes in those classes is the idea of seeking discomfort Mm -hmm. and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. to fail and learn new things and eventually get better and i think ferris is the perfect example of seeking discomfort Mm -hmm. and of course he never really fails at his uh at his uh, attempts but if you were in real life at a parade and you wanted a good way to seek discomfort, jumping on a float and trying to do a song with them would be a great way to do it. Um, I think 99 times out of a hundred, you would fail because those things are highly orchestrated. And for anyone to just kind of disrupt it and pull off their own song and everyone join in would be really unlikely. But the fact that he even attempts that is what makes him so charming. Uh, Like you're able to, Aspire to be someone who's able to just jump onto a parade float or c- talk your friend into taking their dad's car because, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Um, and, and like it doesn't really matter what other people think of you as long as you pursue, persevere, and you know, keep going through your failures.
1: I completely, completely agree with that. Um, that's one, one, that's one of the reasons why I loved entrepreneurship so much was that I got to uh, exactly what you said, David. I got to play the Ferris Bueller uh character the mindset a little bit with leaving your comfort zone and doing the thing that scares you the most and i thought that exact same thing uh while watching the movie uh seeing the float scene exact same thing i'm like oh this would be a perfect c4 yeah
0: yeah yeah i just i've been thinking about that actually a lot over the past couple weeks especially given uh covid and having to stay indoors and not really interact with people it's really hard to push yourself out of your comfort zone on a daily basis and I've been trying to think of ways to do that, and this this movie really just lays out the bar of what it is to push yourself out of your comfort zone. So now let's get now let's jump back into those crazy fan theories. Yeah,
2: there's God. I want it on the record. Hot takes of the day.
1: Okay. okay, that is a really hot take because I've never heard anything like that, and I never would have <laughs> thought of it
3: that he's God. You he
1: mentioned
2: it, <laughs> like.
1: I think you need to elaborate a little
2: bit. He He's manipulating everyone's around him. He's able to, you know, bend everything to his will. He talks directly to us, the viewers of his crazy world that he created. Um, yeah. And then he goes off and becomes a cult leader because he's incredibly charismatic and he can change a whole town into saving him. Um, That's what I was going
0: to say, like... I, what I want to know is what kind of job will Ferris oh, do later? Like, what, what's his future going to be like? For sure. Or
3: you know? he does
2: like those seminars where everyone pays a ton of money. And yeah. And he's like, oh, goodness, the greatness in you. And then he's like, it just shows cl- clips of him on a parade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah he he really- he's
4: flipping burgers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's definitely not going to be an IT audit. No
0: way. <laughs> he couldn't hang no way um yeah but i think i think that he has a probably i think he has a bright future honestly um i mean the fact that he can inspire people to sending him money when they have zero facts um aside from his word you know i think that just speaks volumes also he's able to hack computers play music uh drive a ferrari i mean All these skills; these are the these are like the three necessary skills to becoming rich and famous. This is just Bill Clinton. Mm -hmm. I think I can also do those things. Oh, well, (laughs) thank God we have you on our podcast.
1: (laughs) I mean, I feel like a lot of people can can play music and drive cars and like hack a computer. Okay, like maybe that one's a little bit out there, but in the eighties, yeah, not bad.
0: I'm just saying. I think he's got a lot of skills for someone who (laughs) doesn't pay attention in school on purpose like you know um i think what what was it like steve jobs was a dropout bill gates maybe
2: yes yeah, yeah.
0: so like you know all I mean, these people, bill G- people bill gates was a dropout
2: from harvard
4: <laughs> yeah After he had started yeah, the company that was making here. him more money than he didn't want
1: <laughs> right you're i, I mean ferris Field is awesome but i don't know if he i don't know if he is on the same level as the, as bill gates and steve jobs i think yeah no nah. <laughs> but well, probably but, not but i see what you're saying i i do love how it's um how it's sort of saying he has it's kind of like the kid who had a, who has all these great skills and just doesn't know where to where to, where to apply them someone that yeah, doesn't you know like what and doesn't i'm gonna bite
0: like you on that i think he is on the level of steve jobs I think maybe not Bill Gates, because Bill Gates was actually like one of the technological, um, you know, startup uh, drivers. But Steve Jobs was more like the ideas man. Steve Wozniak was the one who was actually behind like the designs and the actual computers, you know. So I think that Ferris could be a Steve Jobs.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I could could agree with that. but That's Ferris funny. just isn't that ambitious. He's just he just likes yeah, to yeah. like screw around and stuff.
0: I don't know about that. I mean, I dude, heavy he, with. Ferris go everywhere. back to that. Go back to that uh, restaurant scene. You know, like he he was ambitious and persevered in the face of like the dude shutting him down. Like that guy, that guy was like not buying his story. He was like absolutely not. And then Ferris just like perseveres, pretends to call the cops, and then calls a different line, and then you know is able to pull off. A shenanigan and get them a seat and completely convince the dude of their story i mean that's really impressive
1: well that's persistent mind. but i don't know about ambitious
0: well yeah that's a good point okay think, so david the, the thing go for it colin
2: is ferris bueller made up is he cameron's alter ego
1: no he's he, he pulled cameron out of the pool he had
2: phys- there was
1: there was physical interaction yeah, but you
0: that could swim out of the pool.
2: Yeah, he could. you could pretend that he's pulling, pulling himself out of a pool, and just envision that. So then, so why was Sloane there then? Yeah,
4: <laughs> was, yeah, that would be that, my thing. Yeah, and
2: Sloan is, uh,
4: uh, is Sloane fake then as well? Is she made up or is that so actually
2: Sloane actually dating Cameron, but he doesn't believe that he's good enough for her, so he pretends to be Ferris. So it's actually just. Cameron and Sloan going into Chicago for the day.
0: I could kind of see that, actually. I mean, there there was
1: like one or two scenes where Sloan and and Cameron had like one-on-one dialogue,
3: Mm
1: -hmm. um, which like I kind of forgot about the second time I watched it. So like it was obviously like something they were trying to make a point about. So yeah,
0: Yeah. like and then at the end when Sloan's like, oh, I'm going to marry that guy or that guy's going to marry me or something. You know that could be him projecting the fact that he really wants to marry her, but he's too afraid to ask. Kind
4: of I like combined. this movie when it was just a happy, like let's enjoy yeah, the I, escapism.
3: Yeah,
2: I was like really just more, trying to read uh, it too much, uh, uh, <laughs> but. But now, uh, we we started with, like, oh, this is a really feel-good movie, and then we're like, Ferris Bueller's the devil. <laughs> we
4: picked something that's way too high, and we're used to going way too deep down where all these crazy theories make sense. I think we picked something that's just a little bit too, let's have a good time at the movies. We were like, but do you think if we
3: take what we to learn from the layer. and
4: apply it to this... Do you okay, think, you know, maybe it's actually Cameron and Ferris that are together. If we, <laughs> if we take the lessons from the lighthouse.
0: What did Ferris Bueller see when he looked into the camera?
1: <laughs> uh, I can throw a deeper meaning. I gotcha. So we can dive into um, one of the more pivotal scenes was when Cameron, uh, there, after he uh, blows his microchip and goes catatonic, He mm-hmm. they're sitting at the pool, right? um that is a super pivotal moment for Cameron because it's sort of he obviously tries to commit suicide he doesn't really he doesn't actually kill himself but in a way he kind of kills his old self because um previously in the movie he was um really scared of his parents you saw that he was really scared of his father um when talking about that his father cares about the car more than he does and that he went ballistic when he uh, broke his uh, uh, retainer. retainer. Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, it's a piece of plastic. This is a Ferrari. Uh, what do you think he'll do then? And so he went from being like that to experiencing this day off as Ferris, having that realization at the museum and then sort of killing his old self and gaining this confidence. Because after that moment, he's confident. He says, you know what? I'm going to face him. And, you know, he's you see him next scene after that, dried off, sitting in his driveway saying this is the best day of my life I I'm, I'm gonna face him I'm not gonna let him control me anymore and then he goes ballistic on the car still has the confidence and then even when the car gets destroyed he still says it's I, I'm gonna talk to my dad we're, we're gonna have a little chat when he comes home and mm-hmm. so um, I thought that that scene was just super um, super important to the story and has definitely a little bit of a deeper meaning that we could dive into
0: yeah, pretty inspiring stuff. Like if you can't be Ferris, you want to be Cameron in that moment. You feel me? Snaps.
3: <laughs> Powerful. I love
1: that I love that Chad was like, guys, we're going way too deep on this movie. And then Hunter's like, Okay, I hear you, but I'm gonna go
0: deep again. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about Ed Rooney?
3: There that that so we go.
4: Let's do He's that. He's my favorite. <laughs> Can we Hunter, talk about you, how you just David had a very m- important moment? But you know, let's talk about the comic relief of the whole comic <laughs> movie. <laughs> let's talk about the deep, the
0: deep scene where he steps in mud and then his shoe comes off. I mean, it doesn't get deeper than that he was
1: real deep in that mud why there is there
4: so go. much mud on the side of the house, Can yeah, that like, house. Mean, why is there so much mud over there why is it you so deep that, and so, like, like,
0: it's a that can't be day. good like, really you not should rain. not I have, have they need a plumber to come check that out they're going to have flooding in their basement
2: <laughs> they need a sump pump at least something <laughs>
0: dude they need some sump pumps that's, trust me that's that's Chicago for you <laughs> damn <laughs>
4: So I'll tell you what, though. When the, I think that guy got everything that was coming to him. Like This man oh yeah. literally is going to his student's house, peeking through the windows. Like, And then the thing that kills me most about all of the actions that he takes is he knows someone just unlocked the door and went into the house. And instead of being like, oh, cover's blown, better get out of here, he's like, yeah. I bet the door's unlocked. Like, uh-huh who follows someone into the unlocked house knowing that they're in there like he deserved everything that he got in that movie that was oh yeah
3: that, that like the so
4: process odd. to make that decision like you talk about getting out of your comfort zone don't do it that way like breaking <laughs> and entering is not like the getting out of your comfort zone that we're talking about like if you want to get out of your point. comfort zone go the ferris route not not the rooney route
0: yeah they're kind of like a gradient almost like ferris is on the one end polar opposite to rooney and then his sister genie is right in the middle like she's someone who still plays by the rules but really resents the rules and just wishes she could be like ferris but therefore hates him because she isn't and then rooney is like someone who is her but 40 years out he he's already completely embraced the rules and just completely hates anyone who is able to break them and get away with it so he wants to take ferris down to prove that he didn't really live his life the wrong way and that living by the rules is the right way to go but of course, that's not how it's going to go. <laughs> the dog will make think, sure of that.
1: I think my favorite scene with Ed Rooney was when um, Sloane gets picked up by Ferris in the Ferrari, and oh, yeah. uh, she she goes, and Ferris is like, "Oh, you have a kiss for daddy?" And she's like, "Yup." And then they start making out, and then it comes back to Ed Rooney. He's like, "Oh, so it's that kind of family." <laughs> Like I was, that was the funniest moment of the whole movie. I was cackling. I'm
4: I'm sorry, Andrew, but I think the the best Rooney moment of the entire movie is when he puts on the sunglasses and then immediately flips them (laughs) off.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that
0: was so funny. There's one way to completely uncool your your sunglasses. It's to flip them right up. Oh my god! Wait, okay. Chad, I
1: think you know this, but, like, for anybody who doesn't know, I I have flip up sunglasses like that. (laughs) And I was watching this movie with my girlfriend, Jess, and as soon as that happened, she's like, oh, my God, Andrew, you're like him.
3: (laughs) It's like the one
4: character in the movie you don't want to be compared (laughs) to.
0: I know. God. Well, no one else was going to say a beard, so I'm glad Jess said it. You know. No, I know. Me too. Really brought me back to earth. <laughs> well, um, I don't know about you guys. I think that that about wraps it up. No, not even close. I've got. Oh, I've got- oh really,
1: <laughs> dude? Hunter will not be shut down.
0: Oh no! Okay, way. all right.
1: <laughs> one, Take us
0: back, Hunter. One. Bring it in.
1: Uh, I got to give. Uh, I got to give uh, favorite Ed Rooney moment. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll put it next to next to yours was when he's talking to grace and he he, they're having the conversation. He first says um, she's talking about, Oh, Ferris. He's in with the Dweebo's motorheads, all this stuff. She's like, he's really a righteous student. He's clearly just annoyed at her. (laughs) That's actually my favorite line. Yeah. And he he insults her. And then she's like, and then he says, "Um, I'm going to show these kids that uh, a life like Ferris is a first class ticket to nowhere. And then all of a sudden, she's like, ooh, you sounded like Dirty Harry just then. And then his mood instantly changed. She gives him a compliment, and he's like, thanks. I I feel pretty good. And he goes back, and he insults her. And I just thought that that was just so ridiculous. Uh, Them two, that was uh, so my favorite scene in the movie. And I want to know this. Besides the monologue, besides the opening scene, you can't do that because that's a classic scene. um, Your favorite scene in the movie? Mine would be uh, the phony phone call that Cameron gives to edward rooney that is my that's i mean i love the monologue but that might be up there with it for me i used to uh, act that out with uh, a good friend in high school uh, we would sit in our orchestra practice and whenever we had time off we would like act out that scene and just kind of just cackle over it so that is up there as my favorite scene besides
0: the monologue that fact is 110 percent unsurprising to me in fact, <laughs> I would have been shocked if you said that you didn't reenact that scene with your friend in orchestra. Okay? Actually,
4: Hunter, we're through like the first 20 minutes of the film that you've reenacted at various points in your life. Like, where when do we get the rest of it? Is there the only an thing unreleased he hasn't doing
0: the parade yet?
1: Well, so um, if if you guys ever get a chance to watch the movie with me, I I'm like not I'm not my parents don't love watching it with me anymore because I say all the lines. So I I, I just talk all the lines. They're like really, they're like, can we watch the movie? They're like, we want to hear them say the lines, not necessarily you say them. um So I haven't acted out the whole movie, but boy, if I if you watch it with me, you'll see that I can recite most most of the words.
2: <laughs> That's okay. I've done that for uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Mm-hmm. I, I probably know majority of the movie by heart, and I uh, I showed it to Yeva for the first time like a year ago. And I, like the most stupid of lines that I just like be able to recite you are know, like this gave you why do I have that in my brain that gives me no value it's the 12 pack not the 24 pack you gotta just mix and match why do I know that
1: Napoleon Dynamite is living rent free in your head Colin that's
0: true <laughs> Colin you know a lot of fun fun, fun stuff that, uh, you know is very useful
3: thank
2: you yeah. That's the first time I've been told that in my life, so I really appreciate it David. <laughs> I'm here for you, man. You're my, you're my favorite. Uh,
0: I think my favorite moment is actually that moment you just brought up, with, where she, she gives that brilliant line listing off all the clicks, and they're just so dumb. I love the names of the clicks. <laughs> and that line just seals the deal. That movie is my favorite.
3: A pretty
2: righteous dude. Um, yeah. Andrew, That's I want, to, I want to hear your opinion on this. Uh, how does it compare to the other John Hughes movies? I feel like what's the other, the other big one? Is Breakfast Club, right? You, it yeah,
1: yeah. Breakfast Club, Sixteen Candles. Um, what's ah shoot? There's another one with Molly Ringwald. Yeah, there is. What is that? Um, now I forget what that one's called. I like that one better. The other one with Molly Ringwald, I like better than Sixteen Candles. I'm just blanking on oh. what it is. And okay, John Hughes did another movie that I thought that I liked, um, and it was oh, I'm trying to remember what it was called. It had uh, Michael Keaton, and he like became a stay at home dad. Hmm. Um, that one was good too. Wait, okay, I got to look this up now. Ah, uh, Pretty in Pink.
4: How oh, could Pretty I? Pink,
1: yep. yeah. Pretty in Pink was yeah it was great. This is this is a... so this was the first John movies I've ever I, I had ever seen. So it's naturally my favorite. Um, but I also think that this is superior to breakfast club and and pretty in pink, just because I think that the story as a whole is every every aspect of it is more engaging. I think the characters are more gripping the story moves a little bit faster than the breakfast club um and I think that overall this is just a little bit more timeless.
3: Mhm
0: do you guys have uh your scores? For this movie, yes, I have mine. I have mine as well. All right, I'll just go real mine, quick. Mine, yeah, go ahead. All right, I, I gave it a ninety-one, which is actually my highest score yet. So it really is my favorite movie. I don't know. I don't have anything else to say. Just you know,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's all. It's it's just great. Um, I okay, I, I don't want anybody to be offended, but I did not give it a very high score because um, like I don't. I don't put Ferris Bueller's Day Off in the same category as a lot of these other movies because I tend to just have a preference towards the movies like Parasite. And a lot of these categories are kind of driven towards a movie that's not like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So therefore, it didn't really get a lot of um, high scores for, I don't know, it's like special effects or it's cinematography. So I gave it, uh, let's see, where did I put this? I give it a 61. 61.
0: That's fair.
2: Andrew, you were a, you were for sure not a righteous dude.
4: <laughs> <laughs> not a righteous dude. I would just like to point out that because this is a podcast and you can't see our faces, I would say at least 3 of our jaws literally dropped on camera <laughs> when Andrew read that score out. Okay, but I that gave it is... a
1: 10 in enjoyability. It was a very enjoyable movie. You gave it a Among 10, 10 and only got
4: 50 points across the rest of the board. Andrew, that's shockingly low. We <laughs> got
1: 63. What is that? Yeah, you gave it with, it oh, 50 run. across the other categories. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, that
4: well, I don't know. I mean, that, like, means, it's, that means average in every single other category besides enjoyability. Man, come on.
1: Yeah. I mean, okay. Okay. Like, it's just not, like, as profound as, like, everything else on this list. I mean, like you, can, like, you can, like, read into some, like, deeper meanings, but it's just, it's just, like, a fun movie, you know? It's, like, it's not, like, trying to be, like all this so, i mean these rankings were not designed for a movie like first people like i i that's why I, like you have a whole disclaimer of being like oh this is gonna sound really low but like
4: oh, yeah the i guess mid 70s dude i
0: hear that though but you know i mean i i personally take these rankings in context like okay in in terms of uh in terms of this style of movie how much did the soundtrack play into the you know effect that the movie was trying to make and i think it just did a fantastic job oh, so i gave it a nine mm-hmm. but like you know if i was comparing the actual soundtrack and the score of this movie to the score of parasite or akira i mean obviously totally different so almost impossible to compare But that's why i just do it in context you know like how much did the cinematography do i mean it was okay it was average i gave it a seven um which i guess is pretty high but all of my ratings are that high so <laughs>
3: Mm.
1: that's fair that's fair i i just I, I just tend to take a more universal look so that's yeah why. No, that's yeah, fair yeah. I, um i gave it a ninety one as well uh stand out was yeah high five to the screen uh stand out for me was the soundtrack um i love how uh what they did was they put in little snippets of the characters in the soundtrack Char- like character I don't know what it's called, but when Cameron says, oh, when when he's sick, when Cameron comes from Egypt land, let my Cameron go. And that, that's part of the soundtrack. Let yeah. Cameron go. And then you have um when Jeannie's in the police station, when she's leaving, and she, uh, she says to Charlie Sheen, oh, you, he's like, what's your name? He's, she's like, oh, my name is Jeannie, but you can call me Shauna. And then the music comes in, Shauna. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just thought it was just so good how they incorporated the soundtrack with um, the conversations that were happening and what the characters were saying.
2: Andrew, does that change your score at all? Um,
1: I do think.
2: Okay, no, hold say,
4: heard firm now, Andrew. You can't back. You can't back up.
1: <laughs> okay, I do, okay. I, to be fair, I did not think about the soundtrack that way, so I probably will give a little bump to that. Oh, okay. Also, okay. I do think. I, I Ooh, think after 62. our conversation today, I think I will bump cinematography up a little bit with how good the camera work was that we talked about. That was good. I that was definitely overlooked. Also, by the way, I I'm reading the ranking that I did like my senior year of college. So this that was like years after I watched the movie. So like now that it's more fresh, I
3: hmm. okay. okay, I, I, I okay.
1: appreciate
2: it more. Sure. I'm
4: glad we could. What, right
2: what, what what beat it on your list, Andrew? What beat? What off? On- Awful movies he, that you put above
3: this. He could rank, there's only so many things. Movies.
2: Directly
1: <laughs> above Ferris Bueller's Day Off is What's Eating Gilbert Grape.
4: Boom. Okay, I I gave it an 84. I I I think for a lot of the things that we said, enjoyability 10, nailed it. I'd watch it again. The uh, Soundtrack was up there at a nine. I thought impact was way up there. You know, this is an iconic movie. I think it should get huge points for for being such a staple as it is. You know talking about it what it came out in the 80s so you know 30 some odd years later we're still talking about this movie i think it earns a, a pretty solid score and i know 84 should be fairly up there for me
2: nice what about you Colin? uh i just i gave it a 9 out of 10 Ethic. i really right. like to uh i just like it a lot it's a great movie uh Thank yeah. you for Unless your, you're Andrew, then you hate it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Colin, that about sums it up. All
3: yep. right, I then, then have that. Note.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's a probably a good place to end it. What do you think, Hunter? Yeah, I think uh it's
1: uh makes me a little bit more happy that Andrew you, you beard, you bumped it up to a sixty eight. Uh I I, I, <laughs> I threw up one last thing no in problem. there to get the cinematography up, but uh I'd uh I don't know if I could uh i could swing it a little more um no i think it was great i love i just love being able to talk about this with you guys i have never been able to talk about ferris fielder's day off in this length before and nerd out over it so hearing all of your points was just a blast for me and it, it's just so cool to finally be able to do this
2: watch out we'll have a, uh, a bonus episode of hunter just mo- Logging most of the movie. If anyone oh, gets yeah. some money,
4: that be like a Patreon
2: here. Just read and the script
4: in, in different voices.
2: Yeah. And then it's just, it just Hunter talking to himself, like in the mirror, of uh, just like all the different points that he, you know, it lists out and we didn't get to talk to today. So be on the lookout for that. David, you got to edit that at some point.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Easy. Now, Hunter will send me all the clips. You know, it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you for listening to our podcast this week and uh we hope you have a great rest of your day.
1: Oh, thanks David. Bye everybody.
0: <laughs> what are you still doing here? Go home. <laughs> put the podcast away. Go live your life. All right, bye.